Hi, I'm Delene Allen, the networking queen. I love to connect people. There is nothing more wonderful than the human connection. The connection that can lead to incredible things, to love, to business, to make our lives just so much richer, meeting and connecting on a deeper level than, hi, here's my business card but making those human connections that can take you to magical places. Stay tuned for network equals net worth. I wanna hear your stories. I wanna share your stories. Good day, it's Delene Allen, Network Equals Net Worth podcast today, and I am thrilled to introduce you to Blake Gallagher. He joined Sona in 2016 as the first account executive to service the Atlantic Canada region. He saw Sona as a company actively looking to work with their clients rather than work for them. He was drawn into the opportunity to help local businesses grow. After several months, he knew he found his career. Having spent several years away from home, there was a deep satisfaction in helping local businesses save money and grow. He has seen local companies go from opening their doors to being renowned nationally for their expertise. Nothing makes him happier than to see the East Coast being represented so well by such a variety of businesses. Prior to joining Sona, he graduated from Cornell University in Ithaca, New York while playing division one hockey and majoring in communications. He currently lives in Dartmouth with his wife, Melanie, and their two boys, Kingston and Monty. When he's not pulling them down off the counters and shelves at his house, you can probably find him out with his dog, Ace, at the gym with his wife or taking some delicious local cuisine we have to choose from here in Halifax. Number one, Blake, you are definitely a promoter of Atlantic Canada. And being the fact that you are from here and parents from Cape Breton, I want to hear about the early Blake Gallagher because I think you had some pretty amazing role models. Uh, yeah, well, uh, thanks very much, Celine. Um, yeah, I was fortunate enough, obviously, um, you know, I grew up in Coal Harbor um, and uh, yeah, didn't have to look far, uh, I guess, to, to, you know, looking back and seeing some of the behaviors I have now, certainly, uh, you know, I got those from my parents uh, and my grandparents, um, you know, so whether it was, uh, you know, something simple like having a paper route at an early age, like my father did, um, you know, just uh, kind of building those habits and, um, you know, trying to uh, apply those um, to, to my life as I grew older and, and the lessons that he passed along and as well as my mom, who kind of, you know, kept our family uh, in order and, and, and running smoothly. Um, and then, you know, my grandfather as well was one of those people who, you know, in a sense had two jobs. He, uh, he was uh, worked at the steel plant in Sydney and also played for the Sydney millionaires uh, back in the senior days. So uh, one of the, I guess he was one of the last few cuts from the Boston Bruins back in the original six days. So, um, you know, lots of, lots of work ethic, lots of people, you know, um, working one or two jobs. So um, I didn't have to look far to see, uh, to see that kind of behavior. Um, and I think that, you know, I, I'd like to think anyways that I carry some of that with me now. Oh, definitely, definitely. And the fact of how much your parents invested in their children, by how many sports did you play in your sisters? Oh, my God. Uh, 
I take a while to list them all, but uh, I mean, we all kind of, my parents very much like, like to introduce us to a bunch of sports. And um, I think we do this with our kids as well. Um, introduce them to all kinds of, you know, different sports and see what one they like and whatever they like, if that's their passion, as long as they're passionate about something, then go for it. And for me, you know, um, through all of that, you know, obviously I, I grew up, I played hockey, obviously, which ended up becoming my passion, but I played soccer, golf, baseball, uh, you know, and then even in you know junior high and high school, I was on all the sports teams of so volleyball, badminton, lacrosse, um, you know, track and field, did all of that. And, and my sisters were the same way. You know, they were soccer players and gymnasts and, and, you know, played in all the school sports. So, you know, for me, hockey was the one that stuck and kind of took over and, you know, was my real passion. So um, that kind of took me several places all over the world. Um, so I was very fortunate that way. Excellent. Well, and when you think about networking and being on a team, there's many life lessons you learn there, aren't there? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I, I think that especially being younger, um, that's kind of where you, you learn to work with people. Um, you know, you smash a bunch of different personalities together, there's going to be conflict. Um, but I think that's a, a healthy thing to, to learn and adapt to, um, whether, you know, you're four or five years old or whether you're 30 plus like me and, and, you know, applying that to, to your, to your business or, you know, to your work life. Yeah. And, and that, that again, when, when you're on a team, um, whether you like that person or not, but you've got the team spirit, you kind of learn to work through those, which I think for group sports, those are life lessons that would take many other people 20 or 30 years to learn that, yeah, you may not agree with them, but let's work together as a team and get something done. And, and then also just the connections, like how many teams have you played on, Blake? Oh my God. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, that's, the, that's, that's the great thing about a team sport like that. Like, you know, for me, when I got, especially when you get older, um, every team I was on, well, there's like 23 or 24 new people, you know, not including, you know, the staff, um, right? So maybe 30 people or more every time, you you know, you're on a new team, which, um, you know, that could be every year up until university. And then you get new guys filtering in every, every season. So, um, you know, that just grows your network um so much and actually you know in hindsight you have no idea that it's happening when it's happening like in university i never thought like oh my god look at this network of people that i have uh, but then years later um you know you run into them or you start doing business with them or whatever the case may be or they know somebody who knows someone that can connect you to somebody else um you know you don't realize how quickly that web of network uh expands um, just through, you know, yeah. doing something you love. Oh, well, and, and again, when it's a shared passion, I think that's the relationship that automatically is kind of, you know, good for life, right? Absolutely. I mean, you know, some of my best friends today are, are guys that I only ever see every two, three, four, five years. Um, but, you know, maybe we, we played hockey university together and lived together for four years. So, um, you know, lifelong connections are kind of made there. And certainly that, um, that common goal that you share uh, certainly uh, kind of cements that bond a little bit, you know, in those years. 
Excellent. And and so growing up, though, um, you had sidelines because you said that your your parents, they they were resourceful. So tell mm. us about the paper routes and working in contracting and even yeah. school. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I got a paper route as a teenager, uh, kind of <laughs> one I inherited from another uh, another local hockey player that was a couple of years ahead of me. And, um, it was something I, you know, I'd been looking for, for a while. I knew like, okay, right after school, I can jump on my rollerblades and get the papers done in like 30 minutes. Um, so yeah, that's something I did, uh, when I was younger. And then in the summers, I did a little bit of like labor work for my uncle's business and got into coaching hockey schools and, and coaching kids or training kids as I got older. So I was always, you know, finding kind of different ways to have uh, a little bit of income, you know, while I was younger. Um, so never afraid of work. You know, I certainly got that from, from my father, um, you know, and my mom too. Uh, you know, I can't uh, underestimate how, you know, she probably did, you know, a lot more of the heavy lifting at home, but um, together they made a great team and modeled that kind of, you know, that hard work ethic. Um, exactly. And that yeah. they were in it together, right? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, Absolutely. And so I love the fact that you said that your father was really impacted by the book, The Wealthy Barber. And, and mm -hmm. really, it, you didn't maybe read it till university. But once you read it, then you kind of go back and go, that's what my parents were doing. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, dad always, um, always preached about saving and just like, you know, always having some money aside. Um, I think he read he read The Wealthy Barber a little bit later in life. But it was something that he was kind of already doing. And I think that that really um, helped propel a bit of that momentum. Like I am doing this right, but also gave him some new ideas on how to do that. And, you know, somebody who for most of his career uh, earned, you know, just like, you know, he was a working class citizen, um, but um, carved out a nice life for himself just by stashing away some money and, uh, you know, trying to make that a regular habit. Exactly. But obviously ingrained in, in his, his children or in his family was the fact you had an understanding of, of that, which many of us really don't get. Financial literacy is not taught mm -hmm. in school, right? Yeah. It's not, which is, you know, um, which is a shame because I actually, you know, had I been taught that in school, I think um, I think I would have been much more interested in it you know other than like your standard accounting class or yeah. or something along those lines um you know how to run a business you know uh the cool thing was though like i had friends as a kid who were running businesses as teenagers you know summers off in university and they were running landscaping businesses like i was surrounded not just like by my parents or my sisters but like friends of mine who were who were doing it early on and you know those those people are still entrepreneurs um yeah which, you know, which is great. So when you, you know, when those people are around you, it's, it's hard enough to be, you know, you're going to be influenced by that type of behavior and, and that type of drive. Yeah. And, and truly amazing that sometimes it takes us looking back to kind of go, okay, that's where I learned that from. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and the fact that, you know, that appreciation of every single person we ever meet, are we say, what can I learn from that person? Because if we, if we really listen, and how old did you say your grandfather was still living? He'll be 96 in August. Yeah. Oh, 
you want to pick his brain before he leaves this earth because there's yeah. likely a whole book or two in there of tips that he could pass along to you yes. well. yeah yeah exactly because watch obviously you know there's hockey in the blood because it started with him and your dad and yeah. you and a natural talent that has certainly been honed. So I wonder if your boys are going to play off. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're both already skating. So uh, yeah, King is four and Monty's two and uh, King's obviously he's been skating for a couple of years and uh, Monty started this past winter. So uh, he was actually started before he was two, mostly because like we had to bring him along <laughs> with King. So uh you know, he's kind of, he was like standing up on the skates and moving around a little bit, but um, hopefully this, this fall, he'll, uh, he'll get back into it. That is fantastic. Do you find life taxing? Do you find life and your business really taxing? FBC and Ron Cole can save you time, money, but more important, experts in tax. Do you have a business, big or small? They can do it all. But the most important thing is that they not only take care of your bookkeeping and your year end, they are the tax specialist. And so they're up to date on all of the tax laws, which can change every six months. FBC and Ron Cole will make your life less taxing. So we're back again with Blake Gallagher from Sona. So tell us, how did you become the first account executive to service Atlantic Canada with that company? Yeah, so um, strangely enough, I was actually, I was working uh, full-time with a startup company here in Halifax. And a friend of mine from university that I play hockey with uh, had gotten into the merchant services and payment acceptance industry. And we had talked several times about how his business was going. I kind of always had this entrepreneurial, I guess, itch um, that felt like it, you know, felt like I needed to do it at some point. I just didn't know what it was. Um, so he encouraged me to kind of check it out. And I, um, I went online and he helped me find uh, a Canadian ISO or independent sales organization that you could do some online training with and, and be certified to become an agent. And I, I went through all of that kind of um, a little bit of spare time that I had. And um, when I did, I solicited my first customer and the first customer said that a friend of his, uh, who's the CEO of Sona, um, had just started his own independent sales organization for merchant services and um, that I should talk to him because he's local, I might be able to learn something from him. And he was looking to hire agents sometime soon. Um, so I ended up meeting with Ryan and uh, yeah, um, he hired me as his first, as his first agent. Um, so I'm an external agent. So I run my business under the Sona brand and that was almost five years ago. Um, so, you know, uh, again, it was part of my network. I reached out to somebody who I knew through uh, the gym that I was um subbing for or like you know kind of doing some work while uh, my uh while my wife was on mat leave kind of taking over her shifts um you know i reached out to him so it reached out within my network and ended up um, launching my career believe it or not and uh, you know i love the fact that um because we talked about this earlier that you and your partner your wife really have a plan because tell us what's gone on in the past few years because the fact that 
that you've kept to your plan, even though, boy, you got some punches happening. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, I, I mean, the plan changed several times. Um, but uh, when, uh, when my wife, my wife got pregnant with our first son, I was kind of exploring this, this option um, to get into this business. And the opportunity presented itself. And I just felt like I couldn't say no. So she was pregnant with our first son at the time. So I actually, and then she got put off work with a couple months left in her pregnancy. So I ended up taking over her shifts at the gym, leaving my job and starting this business on the side. So, you know, I would work from five in the morning or five 30 in the morning till one o'clock so at the gym. And then I would do this in the afternoon. And if I work the afternoon evening shift at the gym, then I would, you know, be working on my business in the morning. Um, so I did, you know, you know, the 70 hour work weeks or whatever for about 18 months. So part of that during my wife's pregnancy and her maternity leave and, you know, a little while after that um, and, you know, started the business and eventually got it to a place where, where it became my full-time job about a year and a half into it. Wow. And yeah. And yeah, then after that, uh, we were, you know, we were looking to have another child. Um, and um, my wife noticed a lump in her breast and we, we ended up uh, having it checked out and she ended up that she had breast cancer. So that obviously put a pause on things. Uh, we were really fortunate in that, um, that one, that she noticed it and two, that we took action. Um, and went in to see somebody right away. We caught it early enough. So my wife had a mastectomy and, um, we got the green light to, to, uh, you know, to have another, another child. And luckily, you know, luckily once again, she got pregnant with our second child. And, and during that pregnancy, we started to do like major, major renos to our house. Um, and then when he was born after that, that, that we were in a, you know, after her maternity leave, we were in a global pandemic and she actually had to change careers um at that time so you know she pivoted really quickly uh you know give so much credit to her for changing her career and doing it so quickly like within eight months she uh, you know landed her her you know uh ideal job really and um yeah so she's uh she's a workplace resolution consultant with the provincial government now um, and a, you know, complete career change and, and turnaround in eight months. Um, so we had a few curveballs thrown at us, but, um, you know, kind of just supported one another through it and, uh, you know, kind of rely on that team aspect and work as a team to, to try to find a way to make it work. And here we are. Well, and, and, and look at what you've done, Blake, you got to pat yourself on your back and you uh, pat yourself on the back and your wife too. But again, you're a team, you support mm -hmm. one another, you've got a plan, mm -hmm. you know, all of those things make such a difference when those curveballs hit, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, um, we're both, you know, it kind of comes back to, to athletics for us. I think like we both were in, in sports our, our whole lives. My wife is a very, very good soccer player. Uh, won a couple of national senior women's championships playing soccer. And, um, you know, went to nationals for weightlifting, like she, you know, and pretty much anything, any sport she tries, she excels at. Um, and, you know, so we kind of looked at it as like, you know, we're, we're a team too, and applied some of those lessons we learned through our, our, you know, growing up playing, playing different sports and 
you know, have been able to, to lean on that experience a little bit, I think. Excellent. And so number one, um, you had a great network when you started Sona, but it was a brand new company. Mm-hmm. But, and, and really, I think in the industry, you kind of set yourself apart from some other, from some other merchant services company. But mm-hmm. I know a lot of that also, Blake, that you're very passionate about what you do and your level of customer service is phenomenal. And so um, I, I think the company you work with has a pretty awesome team spirit as well. They do. So, I mean, you know, it all stems from, from Ryan starting the business and really wanting to do things differently. So, you know, Ryan started the Sona brand and wanted to, to kind of change the face of, of payments. So, um, you know, we offer our customers a guaranteed rate, which is pretty much unheard of in our industry. Um, you know, people, you know, any customer of ours can exit their contract at any time without any penalty, kind of hold ourselves accountable. And, you know, we think that if you're not happy with our service, like, why should you have to stay with us? Like, why should you have to do business with us? So um, he holds all of the, of the agents accountable to that, to that, to that brand standard, you know, that, that, that we set for ourselves or that he has set. Um, and, and that's, you know, you know, that's part of Sona. If you want to work with Sona, or if you want to run a business under their brand, um, that's what you have to represent. So, you know, we work really closely with our merchants. Um, you know, all of my clients have my cell phone number, um, and they can get a hold of me uh, when they have to, um, you know, hopefully that's not very often. Hopefully they're not running into those problems, but, um, you know, with the guarantees that we provide and the level of service that we provide, um, you know, he kind of set the standard that way. And, and we well, and definitely follow his lead. And same thing, the comfort of how I can actually get a hold of somebody yeah, when yeah. I'm desperate is got to be one of the greatest peace of mind. And again, mm-hmm. that also to me, when you see a cell number on a business card, that means somebody cares about their customer enough that they can get connected. Right. Yeah, absolutely. It's like, you know, that's, um, that's kind of what separates us in that, you know, any, like our attrition rate is, you know, I think, I think we lose like 5% of customers in the first three years of their contract where the industry average is like 25 to 35%. Exactly. Um, yeah. you know, so those, those guarantees and that level of service is what, you know, hopefully is, is what is keeping people around. Exactly. And same thing, but here I, I'm going to hark back to um, your wife is pregnant. Mm-hmm. You know, she had a health scare, another pregnancy. This is a brand new company. You're a disruptor in the industry. Mm-hmm. And yet there you are really excelling at, at what you do. So I think that speaks not only to the quality of the company you work for, but also you and, and your philosophy on life is that you care about things and that makes a huge difference. Yeah. Yeah. I think it does. I mean, you know, for me, I spent a long time away from, you know, uh, Nova Scotia away from Halifax. Um, I certainly learned to appreciate how great this place is. And I think that was even highlighted even more in the global pandemic. So, you know, the reservations I maybe had in the beginning when I, you know, when my hockey career ended and like, you know, should I be back home? Should I be going somewhere else? Should I, um, you know, I'm so, so happy and feel very fortunate that 
I ended up where I, where I did when I did. Um, cause, uh, I just, I love Halifax. I love the East coast. I love being able to help local businesses. And, you know, we're living in a time now where a lot of local businesses have been hit pretty hard. Um, so working with them to try to, um, you know, help them in any way that we can is ultimately like, that's, that's the greatest satisfaction for me in this industry is that I have the opportunity to help. Exactly. Um, yeah. And, and let's say having been away with a stellar career that you've had mm-hmm. and the fact that you see opportunity here, I always say that sometimes those of us who've lived here and maybe never lived away kind of go, yeah, it's Nova Scotia or it's Atlantic Canada, but it's like, this really does have opportunity. Don't you think? I oh think my God. Yes, definitely. I think that, you know, I, I, I'm very fortunate to travel in lots of different places in the world. Hockey took me to a lot of different places globally overseas um you know all over north america um i've been to plenty of cities and um there's just something about halifax like even so many of the people that i played with like maybe they came here for my wedding or they came here to visit and like, i can't tell you how many people are like man halifax is just such an awesome city like what a hidden gem that is and um you know not just halifax but you know it all of Nova Scotia, just a beautiful place. Um, great people. And, uh, yeah, feel, feel very fortunate to have grown up here and, and to be back here, um, running, running a business. Well, and, and we're glad you came back too, Blake. And, <laughs> and COVID certainly put us on, on the map and, you know, we're an aging economy here in Atlantic Canada. And mm-hmm. We need people to see the opportunity and, and certainly COVID we've done pretty well with that. And there's a lot of people that now are just exactly like you say, discovering this hidden gem of a place of Atlantic Canada. Mm-hmm. So Blake, thank you so much for sharing today. So do you have any last minute networking tips um, for our listeners today? Uh, I think that the thing that I would say to people is like, um, you know, like build bridges, like no matter who you meet, you never know when that person may be able to connect you to somebody that, that could help you, whether it's in business, whether it's, you know, a friendship, um, a relationship, like whatever. Um, my, you know, a prime example of that is like, I reached out to somebody within my network who was just, you know, an acquaintance really in doing that launched my career. So, um, no matter who you meet, like, you know, even if, even if you don't really love that person, um you never know you never know so so just uh yeah just build those bridges excellent so thanks again for listening to network equals net worth it's delene allen you've got a story to tell and we'd love to hear it thanks so much for listening what you like best about today's conversations and the connections that lead to miraculous outcomes. Leave a review. We would love to hear from you. We'd love to share your story too. So why not touch base with Delene Allen on Instagram and we'll keep the conversations going.